Welcome back to Garbage Film. This is the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common, don't need to enjoy just one or the other, so come along with us as we take this week's movie and pair it with something artier or trashier and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. I'm one of your hosts, Nick, and with me as always is the Audrey 1 to my Audrey 2, Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. How you doing? Good. <laughs> thank you. I think I'm going to say thank you I, for that introduction. If for nothing else, you are you are representative of, of humanity. And I <laughs> sure. am no. inhuman and gross. <laughs> <laughs> Slimy. Uh, yeah, or I'm just a puppet. That's, you can oh, okay. Too. Yeah. I'm a figurehead. Just made of uh, felt. <laughs> I went with the metaphorical mm, pull puppet. Okay. <laughs> here we go into the third episode of Merry Musical May. We're continuing on here. Check out our other musical episodes thus far, if you want. Do it! And I that wasn't didn't happen this way, but we had tenuous connections between Singing in the Rain and Blues Brothers, and we have a tenuous connection here where Frank Oz was in Blues Brothers, and he directed this week's movie. That's true. Little Shop of Horrors. Starring Rick Moranis. I'm afraid it isn't feeling very well today. Ellen Green. No, he's not And Vincent Gardenia. What kind of a weirdo plot does that seem With a special appearance by Steve Martin. That is incredible. With John Candy. Seymour, where did you get such a weird plant? And Bill Murray. Now let's take a look at that mouth. What do you want? Same place? I just want to start singing it. I know, I know. I mean, there is literally an introductory yeah. number, so it's really hard not to <laughs> burst into song for this one. The we'll first, do our best. Yeah, the first sung words. Are, yeah. Yep. This is, this is, we talked a lot last week, and I'm sorry for bringing it up again, about how you're a blues team. Oh my God, you're and, not sorry for this at all. <laughs> I can tell. And how Blues Brothers really was like a big thing. This was my one. Oh, uh, okay. This was a right. real, like, seeing it as a kid and being like, can they do that? Whoa! <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh yeah, this would have been, this would have been right around the time of you. This is literally the year I was born. There you go. Okay. So. Nice. Math. Oriented listeners can figure out my current age. Uh, old. <laughs> um, no, but this was like one of the first DVDs I owned. The DVD that we Aww. watched yeah. is that. Oh, it's so old. I love it. Okay. Yeah. For a DVD, not for... <laughs> I'm not trying to dig in. <laughs> That's great. This uh, feels like a very easy... Like, this is absolutely something you can buy and like hang on to through multiple moves. Yep. Like, I just don't want to get rid of it. No, yeah, there's never a time. Around. There's never a time that if it's suggested, hey, let's watch a little shop of horrors, I'm mm-hmm. never gonna be like, no. Not now. Always yes. Yes, correct. Uh so let's talk about this here movie. Let's do uh Songs and Lyrics by Power Team, Ellen Menken, and Howard Ashman. This isn't their first thing that they did together, but it's like okay. their second. So <laughs> But it is almost their first. Yeah. <laughs> the goats. Which is great. is based on the musical that Howard Ashman wrote, uh, which is then based on the movie Little Shop of Horrors by Charles B. Griffith and Roger Corman. Uh, oh, good old Roger Corman. I love, when I heard that this was, like, the, the first time I found out that this was previously a movie and then a musical made of that movie and then a movie made of that musical, I was like, yes, it feels right that Roger Corman is involved. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. feels like a Roger Corman movie. Pulling the strings. Yep. 
with a young Jack Nicholson appearing in the original movie. Really? He's the dentist. Oh, yes. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, he's either the dentist or the Bill Murray role. He's one or the other. Oh, okay. All right. All it I... makes sense if he's the dentist. I yeah. feel I see that. The only thing I remember is that his character's name is Wilbur Force, because that's an amazing name. <laughs> <laughs> and this was not a porn version. <laughs> Okay. Just to my to knowledge. Yeah, okay. Never Roger Corbin it, did but... a lot of exploiting, so. <laughs> Never technically porn, but. <laughs> uh, and I also want to make mention of uh, the additional scored music in here, so anything that's not rock and roll or R&B-ish, mm. was written by frequent Frank Oz collaborator Miles Goodman. Oh, delightful. Yeah. Which is. Okay. Yeah, gotta just, just got to give that credit where it's due. Fair enough. It is a musical. Mm. Gotta, gotta respect <laughs> exactly. music. Exactly. Yeah. I simply must. <laughs> It's oh, the law. It is the law. The, lay, the law of this land. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie stars some real classic favies. We got Rick Moranis. Local boy. Local boy. God, we love him. Uh, I, the whole goal of this podcast, secretly, is just to make everyone realize how much Canada is in their lives. And this is a good just one for you. Getting in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rick Moranis. You got Ellen Green as Audrey, who originated the role. Uh, did you know who was booked to actually be in this part before scheduling got in the way? No. Was Sydney Lopper. That's going to be... Cindy Lopper. Cindy Lopper. Yes. Sydney Lopper. <laughs> like Cindy's sister? Cindy's... <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah. Cindy Lopper was supposed to be in this, but she just That's couldn't awesome. do it for scheduling reasons. Ah. I think she had like touring that was booked. Oh, okay. Couldn't make it work. She's a real good sport. I feel like she's mm. appeared in some stuff as like a like an over-the-top pop star type yeah. of person. Like, I, I feel like she has a good heart about it. And I feel like, like Ellen Green, obviously, she made up the idea of a Brooklyn accent, I guess, for <laughs> this movie. Never that. having heard one, <laughs> but knowing in her heart what Brooklyn is about. But I was looking at this like, who could do that part otherwise? And then I saw Cindy, Cindy Lauper, and I was like, yeah. oh, you know, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, no, the one <laughs> other person. Yeah, I can hear it. We got Vincent Gardenia, uh, who joked a lot that he thought that the only reason he was cast was because his last name was funny. I can't <laughs> believe that's his fucking last name in this movie about plants. We watched this movie so many times together, and every time he turned to me like, are you kidding me? That's his name? <laughs> this guy, I have brain damage. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, I just love that it's it's uh, such a... <laughs> it delights me every time. Every time. That's the upshot of having brain damage, is everything is fresh and new always. <laughs> I will never learn a single fact. Uh, and as Audrey 2, you got Levi Stubbs of the Four Tops. And oh, yeah. uh, some guy named Steve Martin is in there, too. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> got some sweet cameos from James Belushi, John Candy, Christopher Guest, Bill Murray. So I, Christopher yeah. Guest isn't Canadian. I just think he is, right? That's the case? I actually don't know. I don't think he is Canadian. Yeah. But as with so many of us, you may never know may. until it's too late. <laughs> He has Canadian energy, which is just like, yeah, weird. I don't know if I should like this guy or not yet. <laughs> Bizarre energy that yeah. you still like for some reason. Yeah, you're like, yeah, it's probably harmless. <laughs> but of course, famously, our our big uncle John Candy. Yes. Yep. Our everyone's uncle. Everyone's yeah. uncle, yep. He was originally going to be, I think, the dentist, but he oh. was like, no, I want a smaller role. Give me a smaller role. <laughs> I don't want to jump around on stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So let's run through the songs. Let's do it. This really, like, this musical, I feel like uh, more than the other ones we're doing is just a collection of songs strung together. Like, I didn't think about it until looking at it on paper, and it is, like, 
compared to a lot of other musicals of the time and other ones that we've been doing, they're like you get no opportunity to forget that this is a musical. They no. are hitting you over the head with it. Like, yeah. They had to cut out a lot of songs uh, from the right. You were saying musical. This. Yeah. yeah. Like the dentist has at least one other song. The dentist has a oh. dying song. Um, oh, yeah. okay. Which is very funny. It's a lot of like, oh, he laid down and he died. And we'll go on to the next thing, and then he jumps up and he starts singing again. He pops up, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I Very appreciate funny. that. So there's a lot more, like, artifice to, the, to this movie than, than the other ones yes. in our series, yeah. Yeah. I respect that. Which, it feels like a real, like, this is the art form. Yeah, and I mean, they wanted the artifice of this. Like, the sure. backdrops look painted because yeah. <laughs> Frank Oz was like, yeah, make it look fake. Like, I want this to look like it's on a stage at yes, all times. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. You really wanted to play that up, which I think is the direction you got to go for this, because otherwise it can become horrifying very quickly. <laughs> Either horrifying or just, like, hokey. So you've yeah. got to just, like, embrace the hokiness, maybe. Yep. It's all about camp, baby. Camp as hell. Yeah. Uh, so we start out with the prologue, Little Shop of Horrors, <laughs> which I have just been dancing around singing all it's week. so catchy. Which introduces us to Crystal Ronette and Chiffon, the, the Greek chorus for us, yeah. which, duh, I didn't know the Crystals, the Ronettes, and mm. that's three bands. Yeah. Band, like. <laughs> that's why, honestly, when I try to pull what their names are, I, I have a hard time because I'm like, it's this band. Nope. They're Is the, it this band? It's no, wait. Lady Motown. And yeah. <laughs> The Motonettes. <laughs> I'm, uh, that's what I'm going with. The Motownies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's such a good opening number. So peppy. So peppy. And it establishes, like, the aesthetic and tone immediately, like, the, the actual dance number. The yeah. fun thing of, it's, it's raining in the opening, right? Uh, is it? It's either here or it's shortly thereafter where it's raining. And I think it's just after. Yeah, they set up the, the chorus that, like, they don't get wet everywhere they walk. Right, is yes, no, that's right. Dry. Maybe it is in the prologue then, yeah. <laughs> it's very fun, yeah. I love it. You know what I love? The the opening of Hercules, I feel like, is probably a, a nod to this because you've got this very, like, deep baritone narrator giving mm. you the, like, setting up this very serious opening. And then the, like, you know, gospel yeah. chorus kicks in. <laughs> Which I love a lot. To just explain to you, just like, this is what we're here for. <laughs> yep, exactly. We all came out to see. And there's a little bit of fourth wall breakiness, mm -hmm. and yeah. Get it right off the top. Yeah, because shortly after this, we see the Greek chorus as students that everybody can see, and then yeah. no one can see them again. <laughs> so Once they phase into their narrator role. God, I would love so many musicals need something like that. Just a magic being that hangs out in the background <laughs> and nobody can see. Just just commenting on my head. Not influencing anything. No, just, just flitting around. Yep. There was a there was a production of, was it Marriage of Figaro? Yeah. The Canadian Opera Company? he did in the past couple of years where there was an addition of this like little fucking imp that just flies around and like messes with people and suddenly the weird decisions that people make in that opera are like oh oh it's magic yeah <laughs> a, a little like small demon of like tricksteriness was <laughs> doing it ah and it's the best fucking mozart i've seen in a long time yeah but the little things like you got your magic chorus that when a, a plant shows up and is talking you're like oh yeah this is just part of the universe true yeah <laughs> it does help establish uh, yeah, yeah. Great openings, and then we meet Seymour and Audrey, who work at Mushnick's Flower Shop, uh, and we meet them through song, pretty much, through Skid Row, yes. which is 
uh, another banger. I love every song in this. Again, getting way ahead of myself. The hardest question for me to answer this week was, what was your favorite song? I know. God, they all rock. They are all very good, but for such disparate reasons. Yeah. Like, it's all R&B, gospel type. Rockish. Yeah. yeah. But such different styles, mm-hmm. and, like, there's some calypso in it. Yeah. There's some, like, just straight up ballad in it. Like, there, yeah, each one is so different, and you're like, well, I can't put one above the other. <laughs> They're all my favorite. But Skid Row's great. Skid Row's great because it's, we don't get a lot of the big numbers in this. This is the only really huge number, I feel like. That's right? true. Crowd number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get introduced to the characters, but also it's such a, it, it just, like, lays the the setting for yeah. you. I get introduced that. to the yeah the the character of Skid Row. Yes, <laughs> the city is the fifth character. But yeah. <laughs> I, I love the homeless people that have the little like transition phrases. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So great. I love them. And this is like I didn't know like I grew up on Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Who didn't? A lot of people probably. <laughs> Me. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I'm used to seeing Rick Moranis all over the place, and then he starts singing, you're like, oh, fuck, he can sing. And then oh, shit, yeah. As an adult, you're like, oh, yeah, he's a musician. Is he? Yeah, oh, yeah, he had, uh, he didn't do bluegrass like Steve Martin. He was, like, mm. he's a folk singer. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's folk. But, yeah, no, he has, like, a full band that's... <laughs> Everyone in Canada has a band, by yeah, the way, I guess this so. is what we do. Yeah. When he... Like, every, not everyone may know, he had a tragedy in his life, made him step away from acting. I did know that. But he kept being a musician forever. Like, he has albums. He has, like, five or six albums or something what? like that. Okay. If I remember right. Uh, yeah, he, he's just a great musician. Good for him. Yes. Oh, okay, well, that kind of... <laughs> I, I admit that part of my enjoyment for this movie is like, look at how nice his voice is. Like, he just has a very nice voice. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, what a, like, treat to come out of nowhere. Apparently no. But it's also, I feel like the comedian training that you get in Canada is everybody has to do sing and dance. Fair, yeah. yeah. A lot of, like, you could do musical theater in high school. Mm. I don't think I knew anyone who went to high school without there being a musical theater program yeah, of I some do musical theater size. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. You know this about me. I, I was the star I mean, of South Pacific. Oh, no, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> I have repressed that <laughs> story. <laughs> it's no good. Uh, but, like, you go to Second City and you gotta do, like, a unit on sing and dance. And if you're bad at it, you just gotta struggle through it. <laughs> Figure it out. But I think this is the only time Rick Moranis is singing on camera in like a movie. So it is this like bizarre thing. (laughs) You wouldn't have seen this elsewhere. It is a fun surprise in that sense. Certainly, if not the only, it's the only mainstream thing. Sure. I feel like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. good for him. But rules we get. Ellen Green is so great because. Oh, she's so good. She sings in her made up Brooklyn voice here. And a few times later on, with no hint of what is what lies beneath the like absolute belting quality she I has, know. it's terrifying. It's, it's, she's got an extremely like powerful voice, yeah. and this being yeah, Skid Row definitely is the first kind of hint of that. But it is just, like you know how you can only really do a bad like a, a, a watchably bad performance if you're excellent at the thing. Like, yes, you have to exactly. have enough yes. skills to be like, and here's the exact opposite of these skills that I'm delivering on purpose. She has that. Yeah, we talk about with, like, martial arts or dancers, where, like, somebody who's yes. an absolute goddamn pro at that can be so great at appearing bad at it. Yes. But My like, favorite is what Gordon Liu, when he played Wang Fei-Hung... 
and the whole like first half of the movie is him just being a suck at like, just, just being <laughs> so bad at martial arts. Yeah. He's just like throwing punches wildly and like he's a full body spasm. Yeah. On play, yeah. But like Gordon Liu, like one of the fastest, most precise fucking martial artists <laughs> ever born. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that, where so, you can be like, I know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, Ellen Green's uh, yes. voice here is... <laughs> like, oh, just wait for it, just wait for it, just wait <laughs> yeah. for it. But I feel like you get like a word or two in her actual voice that start to come through, you're like, oh, what's this? Oh, huh? Huh? <laughs> I know. It's great. Ellen Green, folks. Yeah, it is a banger number. Love Skid Row. Good stuff. Uh, everybody hates it there, including Mr. Mushnick, who wants to close the shop because they have no customers. I was going to say audience. But... <laughs> Well, yeah. in this universe. Yep. Uh, but uh, Audrey's like, hey, Seymour, bring out that weird plant you found. And he does. And he talks about it. He immediately tracks my probably my favorite cameo in this of Christopher Guest. It is a bonkers cameo. <laughs> he is doing an amazing performance of a human customer who's acting like an alien who's acting like a human yeah <laughs> it's uh he doesn't blink the whole time no. i watched this time he does not i know blink. <laughs> you were you're like i'm gonna catch him nope <laughs> yeah it's very um like a benign version of vincent d'onofrio in men in black where he's wearing yes. a skin suit but kindly yes. instead of menacing he's benevolent <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like that <laughs> it is like that uh I'm, like, leaving my body a little bit thinking about, like... <laughs> Those I, two, like, teaming up, like, the yeah. fucking Niles and Fraser of, like, wearing a human skin suit. <laughs> I was thinking of them like cops, but that's better. <laughs> Just having to, like, discuss things in their insane vocal choices. Like a talk show with yeah. just those two characters. <laughs> of course, Vincent D'Onofrio hosts and Christopher Guest is to be like, Great one, boss! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so Murray gets it, and uh, he describes through song... Uh, the circumstances of the total eclipse of the sun, where we get Dadu. Dadu. Yeah, good. Is that the name of the song? Yeah, the name of the song is Dadu. <laughs> I thought it might have been Eclipse of the Sun, but all right. Yeah. Nope, we're going really onomatopoeic here. That's so cute. All right. <laughs> good for them. Which we get, like, I, the little foreshadowing of we hear about the total eclipse of the sun on the radio, and we see it yes. in the newspaper. And yeah. <laughs> the very stage thing of, like, we put this shot in the movie. Like... <laughs> We made sure you can hear the radio yeah. so that you know this is going to be a plot Like point. the camera zooms in yeah. on the radio. <laughs> it's like that Hitchcock thing where the radio is obviously, it's, it's a size or two too big. It's so twice the size really of Rick Moranis, yeah. <laughs> He's so little. <laughs> better so we get that. I love that, oh, the one moment in Dadu that's so, so funny to me. Like, it's it's artifice on artifice. Like, you're sure. watching a flashback, and it's very... You're watching him tell a story with the aid of a Greek chorus yeah. who are in the story. Yeah. Also, yeah. It's very funny. But the the little break where he walks away from the flower shop and the eclipse is happening, yeah. and there's the, like, <laughs> the corner... Quartet. Barbershop quartet just hanging out on the street corner. Yeah. Bebop guys, and he's just like, okay, I'm gonna get in here. I'm gonna get in what, here. What are you guys doing? Like lining up to like <laughs> start snapping with them? Uh, but then the eclipse interrupts everything. So that's funny. Great. I like to think that that's just what Seymour does with his free time. He just like tries to breed plants, and he'll just wander up to. He's got a lot of the same energy from Ghostbusters. I know this is. No, oh wait, yeah. Is this directly the year after? That sounds right. Or like it's 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 after right in this it's yeah. in the same region, but this feels pocket. like. But he's got a lot of that like, mm. I'm just 
flinging my feet in front of me, and that's how I'm walking yep. forward. Energy it's... of when he was possessed in Ghostbusters. Yeah, uh, Ghostbusters was 84, so this is two right, years right. after. Okay, yep. there you go. This feels like a we cast him when we realized he could sing and his performance on Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Little yeah, puppet great. man. Yeah. Uh, so we meet Audrey, too. That's where it happened. For $1.95. <laughs> I, you know what's funny, too? Like, Audrey knows that he's been, like, crossbreeding plants. and yep. like, like, he's really good at being the flower shop guy. And yeah. Mushnick is clearly not. Yeah. And also hates him. This is classic class thing of, like, Mushnick's the owner. He's going to treat his employee like shit because he owns that employee. And he literally owns yeah. that employee. like Orphan boy. We heard lot. about him in Skid Row. <laughs> Yeah, this this setup of like, thank you for the for not like abandoning me on the street as an as an infant, um, but I can never work anywhere else, and, and I'm fully dependent on you. Like it's very like, oh no, wait, that's not good at all. He's clearly wearing the same clothes from yes, when he was found. You said little sweater vest, like it's a child's sweater yeah. vest. Like that's not. Yeah, his, he has one set of clothes. His pants come like to mid calf. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah. We're all very excited. Christopher Guest. Cool what I plant. thought was a montage of like, wow, days are passing and they're selling flowers. I'm like, no, this is within 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, they do the like, you know, the editing and splicing it together and then like, like that oh my God, it's so montage. peculiar. <laughs> I love that woman who comes in. Honey, did you see this in the window? I did. It's peculiar. <laughs> Just fucking aliens living in this neighborhood. Uh, but uh, Seymour's plant starts to die, so he... At the end of the day, I guess. Yep. It's all tuckered out. It got lots of attention. It's true. It's true. So he takes it uh, downstairs and he's frustrated because he can't figure out why it won't grow. He sings to it. Grow for me. I like that. That song. I love the song. It's just a nice little, nice little solo. And here's where you're like, oh yeah, Rick Moranis doesn't have a special voice. He just has like a really sweet voice. He has a very nice, yeah, just a lovely voice to listen to. And you can hear him kind of like, that's a, that's a rough song. Yeah. For like, it's so it's all full of leaps and stuff. And like, really, you really loose have arpeggios. To, yeah. Lots of arpeggiated and stuff. And you just too. have to like, like hit yeah. the, the top note with nothing in between. And it's, it's hard to do. And he, he's very good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of them, there's even a like, do, 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 do. Like yeah. there's a little pause in there. Where They're making it harder for no yeah. reason. <laughs> Howard, what are you through doing? It, it yeah. would be so much easier. Exactly. Yeah. So good for him. Quite yeah. honestly, he yeah. nails it and he nails his finger on a rose and blood comes out. <laughs> That's my beautiful segue. Um, and we learn that Audrey too uh, drinks blood. Yay! Yay! Not ominous at all. <laughs> and then we get our first big special effect that happens. Yes. And you, when we were watching this, you like looked at me and you're like, how did they do that? What What am I looking at? I don't understand. It's so simple. So it's... This is, Audrey is growing. Like yeah. visibly in front of his eyes. Like the blood rejuvenated the plant and it, and it grows. Bigger and the... Right there in the shot. The coffee can like yeah. gets bent out of shape from its roots growing. And but it's it's not a still image. The puppet's still moving. Yeah. You can tell. Explain. Please. So this is the coffee can and the puppet are not connected here. The puppet is like twenty feet back. It's just the oh, perspective, and, and okay. all it is is you got one person pushing the can, and somebody else is just moving the puppet forward on a dolly oh. while while doing the puppeteer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, those little tricksters. So it okay. looks it looks like there's a special effect. There isn't, but oh. it's just forced perspective stuff. 
And something gotcha. about that, okay. like, I know in my brain, I'm like, oh, this is a processed shot of some kind. And, like, maybe they had to do a little bit of visual effect cleanup afterward. Maybe, like a, like a you know, one still, or one video, like, melding into another video maybe, that's clo- of the yeah. bigger puppet. Okay. But all it is is just, we rolled it forward. Just forced perspective. Yeah, while Amazing. being puppeted. It's yeah. such, uh, it's like, Good shit. you spent no money on that. And no, it, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't look, like, amazing by today's standard, but it looks, like. It looks seamless. Yeah. So meanwhile, uh, Seymour singing to his plant, and Audrey sings to herself. Summer, that's green, which is... I know I didn't get why this song was funny when I watched it as a kid. It's because oh. it's like the dream of the suburbs. Yes, the dream of tract housing. <laughs> so lame. <laughs> you too could buy. That's all. Just buy. Yep, and it's a cartoon bird that... Yes, <laughs> I totally forgot that was in that. I'm assuming maybe most of the money went to Maybe, who knows. Uh, Her insane dresses, all of the wardrobe for Audrey is great. Uh, And by the way, we are getting back to that point where, like, the absolute dream is to own something that doesn't regularly flood. Like, that's, you know. Fence of real chain link. Yes. (laughs) Your own fence? (laughs) Your own chain link fence. Uh, (laughs) Just... Like that, that real like underclass reaching for the middle class dream, you know? Yeah, God. Yeah, we are for getting the back lower to middle class. <laughs> sure, too. yeah, no, yeah. sorry, yeah, the absolute bare minimum. Of I own class. an oven. Yeah. <laughs> I can lock my door. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we are we are getting back there. Disposal in the sink is a lyric in there. <laughs> it's so funny. This I, won't be ironic in a few years. No. Yeah. But the fact that we're on the cusp of it is what teaches me that, like, ah, yes, this was very funny at the Exactly, time. exactly. Um, yeah, and, like, I I find this song actually very sweet. Like, it doesn't, like, I do too, tear honestly. me up, but it gets, like, a little, like, oh. Like, She's such a good performer. She's yeah. just, like, heart on sleeve, just fully given it. Fully Nothing yeah. held back. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I love her. And then the shot that we get coming out of her window is funny where... It's it's a crane shot, but they didn't have a crane big enough. Oh. So it's two crane shots. They have a crane shot coming back, and then it stops for a second, and the camera gets transferred to another crane that goes up. Oh. <laughs> because they didn't. <laughs> On a little elevator. Yeah, they couldn't like make it work. It's just one of those like oh. neat. Oh, cute. Little things. Yeah. Necessity. And then we get the Greek chorus steps in with a montage of some fun now of. Seymour just bleeding his fingers out for his plant. Oh, this, I I don't mind, like, gore, mm. per se, but I have a really hard time with, like, little, little extremity. Yeah, anything that, like, punctures the skin, mm. I, I can't, I don't like it. I do not wish, like, the idea of a snake bite is worse to me than getting my leg broken. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like... I feel like we're the same page on this, which is all of the little finger pricking and stuff that happens early on, not a problem. Dentists, or a uh, big problem, sorry. Big problem. <laughs> big problem. Awful problem. <laughs> Flashing red lights. Sirens. Big problem. Uh, but Kill like, Bill siren. Dentist stuff. Dentist getting chopped up. It's just like, yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, okay, well, that's what the movie is. <laughs> <That's> like, yeah. <laughs> I know, so this is a real, like, I I love this, this song so much mm. for It's a Great Song, mm. and it's got this undercurrent of just, like, like physical unease where he's mm. constantly like you can see bandages like more and more bandages on his fingers as the song goes on and I'm just yeah. like this is disgusting 
Oh my god, this is so gross. And he lives in that basement and like nothing's clean. Oh god, so what many tiny finger infections. Oh, yeah, so is the plant just like sinking its teeth into him regularly? Doesn't oh. have teeth yet. It looks like it's, it's oh, nursing. Oh, I don't know. Yes, maybe. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, thank you. Would it surprise you to know that this song is very different from the original song? They rearranged this one entirely. Oh, I guess it would surprise me to know because this is supposed to be the like, and look the like rags to riches that it's giving him. Yeah. This is the, this is the montage song. Yeah, it like I oh, I should have written it down. But there's a it goes by a different name in the oh. uh, stage show. There is no calypso like level of it. Oh, I that like that. Doesn't, yeah, they yeah. they took this as like oh here's an opportunity to have some have some fun with yeah. some fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make your own fun. You do, and they did. They wrote it down on sheet music. <laughs> <laughs> and I love after that. Just I, I think it's right afterwards. Uh, you cut to Seymour just like leaning against the wall, clearly fully dissociated from his body with the bloodlust. Yes. Oh my God, he's just staring into space and like not not hasn't like turned on yet that yeah. day. Yeah. Mushnik shouts at him and he like looks upward like he's like, God, is that you? <laughs> Smite me, please. Please kill me. <laughs> um. And just loose assemblage of stuff here. We see Audrey's awful flower arrangement, those lilies that she puts in a So vase. funny. Four lilies in a vase <laughs> that is too big and just, like, glitter them. Yep. Great funeral arrangement done. And we meet John Candy in the radio show, which is just, I assume it's only in there to have some fun with John Candy. To let him do his thing. And yep. the implied storytelling of, he asks him how he finds it, how he found this plant. He says, well, I was walking down the street one day and he's just like backbeat daddy. Daddy. <laughs> like, ah, I know what's going to happen. Cut away. It is really good. <laughs> I I hope that whole song plays like in the in the movie universe. That whole song oh, yeah. played on on the air. People listening at home to the radio being like, "Wow, they got a whole band yeah. for this. this is great." <laughs> Very well prepared. <laughs> and uh, somewhere in there, we meet the dentist, Orin Scrivello. Yes, it comes out like Adrian and Seymour are, like working together and like growing closer and all this. But she's like, "Oh, I like I have a boyfriend, a terrible, terrible boyfriend." And I feel like the only really like kind thing Mushnik does is he sees her with a black eye one morning, and he's like, "I am going to kick that guy's ass. Why do you keep dating him?" Like yeah. it's, the, it's really the only like supportive, nurturing thing he does. I'm starting to think he's just not a very nice boy. Is, That's uh... the one. Yeah. Yeah. So we go. Through his song, we we find out that he's a domestic abuser. Yay! Yay! For fun, for laughs. Funs. <laughs> and we get the dentist song, which is a lot. Like I go back and forth on like, it's funny, but it's 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 a lot. <laughs> it feels like for what he ends up, and maybe this is a this is a function of like where we like the the stuff we had to lose or rearrange from the original film to musical to film again like yep. pipeline maybe he has like what he ends up having to do in the film is literally just compost like it's it, there's nothing it doesn't matter that he's like this mm. do you know what i mean yeah. so the song feels like a lot in that sense that it actually doesn't i guess it makes you feel less less bad that he yeah. dies but like i think they're eh. just trying to put you firmly against him in every way right like there's no way anyone could object to him dying yeah. i guess yeah okay. also there's just the joke of 
what if a dentist was a uh, masochist? Right, the perfect yeah. like personality type for dentistry yeah. is sadomasochism. Yeah, yeah, fair. I think that I, I just like a cute joke, I guess. Yeah, I think that you could start it and stop it there, which yeah. is that's an original joke from the original movie. Like that's oh okay, and it's All supposed right. to be a joke. So so is the Corman version like is it campy? Is it funny? Yeah, it's supposed to be a horror comedy. Yeah. Okay, all right, okay, all right. But like, but in that very like B movie campy way. Yeah. Of like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> wow, it's very funny. That's all you were gonna <laughs> spend on effects, yeah. But famously, I won't get too deep into this. But famously, it was like they shot this movie on a bunch of sets that were being ter- torn down, and Roger Corman was like, "Let's just shoot a movie in like two or three days. Well, we can <laughs> wait, use wait, wait, it for I free. Can squeeze one more yeah. movie out of these. That's amazing. I love the shot of the through the open mouth of the patient. Yes, so that's such a good bit. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> they do the same thing later on with Audrey too, don't they? Isn't there a shot from the inside of Audrey's mouth when like when Seymour's going to feed it? I don't know. I don't anyway. think so. Okay. There's there's lots of close. Well, there should have mouth. been. So yeah, we have a fun time now. Spit. He spits, and we get that perfect cutaway to throwing out water in the alley. <laughs> there's a lot there's of a like lot perfect of cuts in this. It is, yeah, I'm trying to think, there's a, there's a word for that. Every one of those is always funny to me. I know that it can be a little, like, hokey. Yeah. But it's the editing equivalent of Mickey Mousing something. Yes, where you're like, haha, you were expecting one thing and you got, like, a kind of similar thing that moves us. There is a, no, you're right, there is a definite, like, there's a specific term for it where it's, like, a replacement cut or, like, a substitution cut or something yeah. like that. But people uh, with any movie experience, weigh in, please. Because I'll certainly forget to look it up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you listen to this podcast, is the level of detail we Edutainment. Edutainment. That's the one. Uh, so Seymour closes up shop, and uh, Audrey 2 collapses again, and we go through the, like, I need more blood. Or, no, I need no, more. No, hold on. <laughs> this is the first time a plant talks to Seymour, yes. and he takes it very well. Do you think maybe the plants were talking to Seymour already? I kind of do. Yeah, he a little bit. seems like he lives in his basement and only talks to plants. Especially lately, he's losing a lot of blood. Yeah, <laughs> he's hearing some voices, all right. Anyway. But the plant proposes that uh, Seymour murder someone and uh, ex- in exchange for fame and fortune, as well as the ability to woo Audrey. Uh, so Seymour initially refuses, but then agrees when he sees Orin beat up on Audrey. So. Yeah, yeah, you can see him like... What? No, like, I, I would never, you know, he's very firmly against it, and Audrey is being like, listen, you know, preying on that, like, you've had such a shit time of it, like, you deserve nice things, you deserve to have something, like, good. Look around and you will find some people deserve to die. Yes. <laughs> God damn it, Audrey, too. And so he presents him with this, like, well, like, what about this guy? No one would miss this guy. Like, it's not wrong for you to kill him, especially if you get something good out of it and, like, you deserve, you know, yeah. you deserve, you deserve. And just the flip, the immediate flip-flop of, like, hold on, wait, yes, if it's that guy, I'll definitely yeah. do it. Yes. <laughs> Which, fair, he's the worst person in the world. He yeah. is, yep. Yeah. Uh, it's, I love every song in this, is so great, but this... Like, there's so much happening here. Like, the lyrics are all so amazing. We yeah. get our first Rick Marinus belt in oh, this. Oh, this is... I'm glad you said it, because I was going to. It is just the, like, first absolute ripper that he gets to do. Just like, oh, oh that's amazing. Rhyming with mu- perform mutilations. So many reservations, perform yeah. mutilations. Uh, that phrase, fucking... Yes. It's really funny. So great. Oh. And it goes into this, like, Rick Moranis gets his own tempo. His yeah. own, like, I'm thinking about it, you know, tempo. 
<laughs> going back and forth, this like little jukebox number. Yeah. It's uh, good shit. It rules. And this is like the first really like tour de force puppeting thing that happens too. Andre yeah. 2 looks so good. Honestly so good and not right. just in a like, well, pretty good for the 80s way, like genuinely really good. Yeah. It's camp, like it's hokey, it's a hokey movie, but it's also just like the level of craft is so good. This is, I think, when I think about like, there's lots of cool stuff done with Muppets and like Labyrinth is a good movie, like yeah. all these things, yeah. but like this is, this scene is the best puppeting <laughs> I think I've ever seen on camera. And they even make it, like, I think part of the the reason it's so immersive and good is, like, even the facial expressions, like, they put so much detail into the puppet's face. Yeah, they have, That like, it doesn't have. <laughs> it has mouth movements, but it also has yeah. lip movements. Yes, and, like, cool. it, it can make, like, little expressions of, like, yeah. disgust or, like, slyness or... It's so good, like... It doesn't have plants. eyes. I know! <laughs> How are they doing this? It's a fucking plant, shouldn't be able to make facial expressions, it does, and you can see him being subtle enough, I keep saying him, it being subtle enough to fool Rick Moranis, mm. but also get it through to the audience, yeah. like you can see the plant's internal like thought process, yeah. it's, it's genius, it is it's genius. so good. Uh, I just need to say for posterity, this song is called Feed Me, Get It. Get it. Get All right. It. Good. It is spelled yeah. with an I. Get. <laughs> I assumed, yeah. Yeah. I, I really, this song is one of the, like, peak. Um, mm-hmm. The song is constructed, again, like Ashman and Megan are just, like, genius. Guys. Duo. Yeah. <laughs> Dudes. And this song is such a great, like, it's constructed and composed in a way that uh, that's what the plot point needed. Yeah. Like, the tempo and the style and, and the... So many tempo changes. There's no yeah. real chief melody in it. No, it's just this going back and forth. Like, it's literally a dialogue. It's going yeah. back and forth. It's changing tempos and styles between the moods of the character. Mm-hmm. But, like, the plant is always delivering this same kind of, like, very insistent, very rhythmic um, yeah. thing. Like, trying to convince him, trying to convince him. And, like, not really leaving space for, uh, like, Seymour's melody or tune to win yeah. out. You know, it's very... Yeah. Of his phrases. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I, it's such a good example of, of the musical storytelling, too. Yeah, and I haven't talked too much about, like, the instrumentation of stuff, mm. but Audrey's songs and uh, Audrey 2's songs... Right. I'll call him Tui from now on, because he Tui, keep yeah. wanting to skip through. <laughs> Tui's songs are all very similarly orchestrated. They have, like, more of a funk rock. Yeah. And this is, like... There's a drum Levi kid. Stubbs is yeah. like a, an R and B guy. Yeah, yeah, the four tops are like a big R and B band, so like yeah. playing to very much his strengths in this. Yes. But it was written before he stepped in, which is amazing <laughs> to me. Just perfect casting. Yeah. But the the Hammond organ, sh- yeah. it doesn't pop up to do any real melody work or anything. It's just no. there to be ornamental or lie under stuff. And every time the plant is doing something skeevy. <laughs> There's, There's a Hammond, Hammond organ? organ underneath, <laughs> like when it grows for the first, just before it grows for the first time, I think, oh, or when sure, it has sure, blood sure. for the first yeah, time. Yeah. Ow! Damn roses! Damn thorns! Yeah, and ah, that's great. at the end of this song, at the end of when he links up with Audrey later on, yeah, 
it's when oh, we see it in its final form. Yeah, it's yeah. the real plant scheming sound. <laughs> I've always said Hammond organs are evil. <laughs> Every time. No, I've never said that. They're great. Um, yeah, and and uh, Tui really never gets any other kind of music because mm. like it's so single-minded. It's got this one goal. It's got this one like tack. The whole movie. Yeah, the, it just gets that music, and that's all. The feed me the baseline that starts out the dum dum is. Yeah. There's not a lot of bass featured in this movie, no. except in Tui's numbers, and especially here, obviously. For the uh, funk stuff, yeah. Yeah, which I, uh, I love when there's... It doesn't have to be subtle, but when there's this <laughs> really clear split in soundscape where it paints a picture, like it play, it's this interplay of painting a picture of what the character is like, but also it's clearly written for their range or like the person's coming in and performing yes. it that way. Yeah. I just, uh, it's such a great little like it's It's a, thing. a full use of that tool, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like top to bottom, they I love it. They used it, yeah. I also wanted to talk, so I'm going on about the puppeteering here. They did something here that I, why don't more puppets do this? This is great. <laughs> so the reason that the puppeteering is so good, so precise, whenever mm-hmm. I see this, especially the, the front-on-face stuff is very precise. Yes. I always thought, like, oh, they did stuff with green screen, do-do-do-do-do. There's no green screen happening in here at all. Okay. All puppeteering. What they what they did was the puppeteers were, like, fucking around with the puppet, trying to film stuff, and they're like, oh, we can't get, like, Levi, They obviously they... You puppet it to Two Levi's roles. Okay. Or uh, speaking, because he's not doing the puppeteering. It's taking, like... 20 puppeteers or something crazy when oh, you have I the bet. full plan. Yeah. But for this, they really wanted to like, oh, we want him to be nimble and agile, the, the puppet. And they couldn't, the the dialogue and the music is too fast to be precise. Sure. And one of the puppeteers just says like, oh, if only we could like record this in slow motion. And somebody goes like, well, why don't we just record this in slow well, motion? Well, howdy. So what they did <laughs> for this one, uh, they recorded everything that has front face, you're looking right at it, Tui, or the lips are articulating, yeah. is done at 16 frames per second oh. as opposed to 24. Oh, um, okay. But the, they hide this by anything that isn't front-facing and doesn't have lip stuff. Like, there's a bunch of stuff where it's just the plant flapping yeah. up, and, up and down, like, from profile. Yeah. That's 24. tendrils are, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, 24 frames per second because they're, they're not having to do that precision work. Yeah, okay. And all the front-on stuff is very rarely as Rick Moranis front and center. Right. But he is in it. So the way that they make this work, versimilitude-wise, yeah. is Rick Moranis is just moving in slow motion. Oh, fuck off. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. There's one or two tells that what you're like, champ. oh, you can't, you shouldn't, like, that motion is so jerky. Right. But okay. it's only, like, like a flesh, and you, or you miss it. Like, you have what to be champ. aware of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Again, this like necessity thing where you're like, let's just bend reality. <laughs> yeah, the, that's how it's gonna have to work. Okay. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's great. But then I was like, oh, but wait, Rick Moranis is having to perform with Levi Stubbs yeah. slowed down audio that's destroying the pitch. Right. Yeah. So they had to like really early synth days run it through a what would become a vocoder oh, to fix the pitch at to the bump r- up the pitch but not the speed yeah which oh, is just like you have this oh we have this great solution and then the sound guy comes in like what the fuck are you talking what about this is impossible what are you doing impossible. to me <laughs> <laughs> throwing up a stack of papers and storming off the set yeah. I would too yeah okay yeah. Wow. Just so cool. And, but when we get to the big plant, the yeah. the final form. The final form, the boss fight of... It's down to 12 frames per second, which so half <laughs> yeah, speed. Sure. See, that almost makes more sense yeah. than doing, like, 
three eights this or whatever yeah and i think that all the only times i notice when rick Moranis is doing the like suddenly a jerky motion or something like that is in the this the feed me bits okay where it's i didn't notice at all i only notice because i'm aware of it because i right, had to knew. do like how did you, how did hey, you do that how do you do that yeah. That's awesome. So cool. Like <laughs> the people who make puppet pu- like who involve puppetry in their movies are some of the most creative, deranged people in the yeah. world. For sure. And like Brian Henson was one of the chief puppeteers here, yes, so like right. you're getting it. You're Never getting, far away. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Good honest expertise coming. Yes. Amazing. Okay. Uh, stand out stand out piece. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so great. Uh so I've gone on about Feed Me Too Long. Let's let's skip ahead. <laughs> Uh, sure. We get Bill Murray being a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> Again, not sure why that's in the movie. I think it was just like he was on set that day. Uh, no, they can't because that's in the play. Is like, it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's because right. it's something about it has to be after hours and uh, Seymour's coming oh, in with a gun. Sure. And he has to like be at the office after a normal patient would be yes, at the office. Yes, and the okay. dentist right. is like frustrated and like needs sure. to get his jollies. So he's going to like really lean into being a fucking psycho, psycho? with the okay. <laughs> Seymour. So it is in there. Okay, all right. It's just, yeah. Uh, of course, it's fully like improvised between the two of them because... No doubt. Of course. Uh, Oren uh, puts on his scary gas mask and accidentally ODs. <laughs> Seymour just watches him asphyxiate. This is where there's a really funny song in the... I mentioned already in the oh, in the yeah the actual musical where yeah there's like it's something like four verses or something and after the first verse you're like oh he died and then he jumps up and doesn't Pops get oh up. he died yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get and jumps <laughs> up <laughs> applause wildly in 1965 or whatever yeah, yeah. it's very funny <laughs> I respect that I also like that um, I don't think Seymour ever actually kills a person in nope. this movie right he he but he never stops the murders yes. either he yes. doesn't or the the deaths yeah he is I, I would say he's an accessory to all of them yeah, yeah. like the police are right to be sus- suspicious oh, of yes, this guy but yeah, yeah. <laughs> never gonna nail him uh, so Seymour takes the body and dismembers it feeds it to Tui uh, gets witnessed by Mushnik yep Audrey feels guilty over Warren's disappearance because she kind of wished for it and we get suddenly Seymour and she gets to belt her heart out. I don't understand a single word she sings in this fucking <laughs> because of the like the intersection of the belting and the accent. But my god, is she going for it and it sounds amazing. It does. I like this is just reality breaking stuff in musicals. This is one of those of just like this makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> the ground is opening and swallowing me up because her voice is like yeah. too Where's strong. Where come from? Yeah, it's you can tell that if you stand beside her, your ears are gonna hurt. Yeah, like there. If Rick Moranis had long hair, it would be blowing back yeah. in this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love it. It's it's very. I just keep calling things very funny, but it's because they are. It's a comedy movie, Nick. I don't know if. Uh... <laughs> uh, we get uh, Mushnik confronts Seymour about the accessory to murder part. We get to try and like extort him, which yeah. like you already own a person. How much more extortion could you do to this guy? Uh, extortioners gonna extort. Yeah. <laughs> That's capitalism, baby. Baby. Yes, you could. If you enjoy this movie, you are uh, socialist. An avowed communist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the song "Supper Time," 
Which is a creepy song. Very creepy. Like a genuinely like ooh, goosebumps song. Yeah, I love all the the tendril vines just like yeah. reaching around him and pulling him. And yeah. the chorus is doing that move too. They're doing mm. this like reach out and like claw in thing. And they're kind of in the shadows a lot of the time. Yeah. Like you never really see their faces properly. I love it. They just kind of emerge from the background in a in an alley. The yeah it, yeah very in shadow and then retreating afterwards. Yeah. Ah. It's spooky. It's like it's genuinely very spookily put together. I like it. <laughs> Thing. I like, uh, there's all the like over the shoulder shots of like Mushnick and then Cat to Seymour. Yes. They, it was supposed to be the one wide that's showing them approach, sure. but they kept making each other laugh. So they're like, okay, we'll just <laughs> fucking do over the shoulders. God damn it, you guys. You two fuck around. Oh, that's really cute. It's so expensive. <laughs> it's so much creepier that way though, because you can see the plant sort of like. Oh. The over Mushnick's shoulder as the plant lowered and opening its down, mouth. And Back. just slowly, like, you can almost hear the noise and the teeth. I feel like this is the first time you really see that it has teeth. I think so too, is yeah. Is that true? Or am I just, it's no, just creepy? Good. Okay. Yeah. It's just slightly out of focus too. It yeah. does a lot for me. Yeah. Mm. Good shit, guys. <laughs> see, if you know, again, if you know your horror bits, mm -hmm. if you know how to use the horror tools, you don't have to make a horror movie, but yeah. you can like use those tools well or, you know, you can kind of break the rules because you know how to use the tools in the first place. Yeah, which like, I, I don't know a lot of other Frank Oz directed movies, but he did a lot of like thrillery things, did I feel really? like. Which, yeah, this feels perfect because it's it's things lurking in the shadows mm. and like building tension and stuff. Yeah. Like that. It's great. What a land of contrast this man is. Mm -hmm. okay. Miss Piggy himself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got some widespread success. Seymour gets a TV show. Uh, Feeding bodies to the plant is working. Yes, we get a really quick version of the Meek Shall Inherit, which is a way longer song in actuality. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think of that song as kind of sarcastic, where it's like, oh, this like poor Don Trouton boy who yeah. uh, just keeps happening to feed bodies into the like disposal. There's a reason that the lyric that keeps getting repeated are, the Meek are going to get what's coming to him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's what it I, is. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, nice. Seymour freaks out, uh, and him and Audrey decide to get married and run off. Right, it's too much for him. Suddenly yeah. he's like, this can't possibly be sustainable. Take the TV check and cut town. Um, yep. Audrey goes to get her stuff together. Audrey, too, gives her a call. Is the plant horny for her? Is that, or he just wants another body to eat? I like think that's, both. It's, okay. I think we're doing, like, horror trope monster-like girl okay, a right. little bit. <laughs> this is a bit of a King Kong. Yeah. Okay. For reasons I'll get into later. That, that's pretty accurate. Oh, okay. Uh, Seymour returns, saves Audrey, explains the whole deal. Um, and then we get, I, again, a very touching moment that shouldn't be touching for how campy and silly this movie is, where she's just like, no, I, I've always loved you. Like, Yeah, he's just, like, I didn't want to tell you because then you'd stop liking me. And she's like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all fucking idiots in our own way. Mm -hmm. uh, so true. You get it. Speaking of fucking idiots, Belushi shows up. <laughs> Cold. Uh, James Belushi get, has the one of the greatest lines in this to me. If you two could just stop singing for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to know that. Stop it. It's so funny. Uh, he gives him the real capitalist, let's franchise this bitch convo. Let's get one of these in every household. And Seymour's like, no, get out of here. I'm going to kill this plant. 
He says to Audrey, gotta do it on my own. And he goes in and we get the Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, which was written for the movie, doesn't okay. exist in the musical. I oh. think this was a like Oscar campaign-y thing, because best original song okay, is, sure. is a thing. <laughs> uh, which it was the first Oscar-nominated song to include profanity. Oh, shut up, really? <laughs> yeah, which I think is great. Good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Ashman and Mencken doing a lot of good work, and this has got to be just a fun little feather yeah. in the cap for them. I love that this is one of the first things they do that makes them crazy famous, and they go on to do all the like the family Disney yeah. things. So, like you can't say, you can't imply sex. Stop it. <laughs> Be more vague. Yeah. That's really funny. They tussle, see more wins, and we get the very cute and ambiguous. Uh, they get married and go to their suburb in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <with> a little. <laughs> yeah, it's very the end of Greece, where mm-hmm. they're like, "Where are you exactly? <laughs> where is this?" The little Audrey too in the <gasps> garden. There's a little plantling. Little smile. Oh, it is the cutest little <laughs> puppet. Cute I love that little, little smile. So I'm gonna go on a little bit of a uh, thing here because of how I came to knowing this movie really in depth, and you, I feel like it's pretty common knowledge that this isn't the real ending. So the real stage ending, like I went to see this musical after seeing the movie dozens of times, Uh, went to see the musical uh, like my university was doing it. I didn't know anything. So we're getting toward the end. I was like, oh, here comes Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. I didn't know that that wasn't part of the musical. Uh, But like Audrey starts getting eaten and I'm like, oh. Here we go. Time for Seymour to rush Run in, in and, and save pull her, her out. Uh, nope, she gets eaten. Okay. Oh, no. And I had to be like, what? what? Huh? You can't do that. But the, that's <laughs> the character. And then I was like, okay, but no, Seymour's going to kill the plant, and that's the end. No, Seymour gets eaten. Uh, <laughs> and then we get a whole different song to finish the whole thing, which is okay. Don't Feed the Plants. Okay. Um, happens, and that's the end. There's like a voiceover that's like, and then the plant took over the world. <laughs> <laughs> you idiots. Yeah. Which huh. I like really dark, silly, but this feels very like seventies camp, even though it's in the eighties. Sure. To me, yeah. Of yeah, just yeah. like the world sucks. It's it's gone. Consumerism destroyed the world. Is like franchises destroyed the world. Yeah. yeah. But uh, huh. as we know from just talking about it or seeing the movie, that's not what actually got shot. And I was like, oh, it's the original musical ending that happens. No, it's like 35 minutes more of footage oh. that happens in the original cut. Okay. Um, which is like, got finished and completed, went to previews, and people hated it so much <laughs> that they weren't even going to release the movie. Oh, no! <laughs> so okay. I, I just want to run you through how goddamn dark this yeah, gets. Yeah, give it to me. It, for, for, for somebody to sit through an entire musical about like a cannibal plant and then be like, this is too much. Mm. I want to know what that ending was. Okay, so in the original ending, it still differs quite a bit from the musical. Like okay. I said, plant attacks Audrey. Uh, in the process, the plant says, oh, I like join your friends. Join Mushnick and Orin. Like it's very like, Grim. we'll all be together in my belly. Uh, Seymour comes in and pulls her out, uh, and she's just like, this is your fault, Seymour, you did this. Oh, that's where all the people who have been disappearing are going. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, sh- but she's mortally wounded, like, she's gonna bleed oh, out. Oh, gosh. But she says, I still love you, feed me to the plant, and I'll be there with you as you continue to get success. What the fuck? Yeah, so he does that, and then he is like, this is super messed up. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. (laughs) So he uh, goes up to the top of a roof, gets on the ledge, is about to jump off, and who grabs him and pulls him back but the James Belushi character, who was originally played by a person named Patrick Dooley, who shot all this. Okay. Patrick Dooley uh, pulls him, literally pulls him off the edge. Um... (sighs) Oh, I forgot to mention that Audrey, as she's dying, sings Somewhere That's Green again, and it's oh, very, like, heartbreaking. Oh, my God! <laughs> yeah. 
so uh, Patrick Martin uh, offers to that. That's uh, Patrick. Oh, Patrick Mar- Dooley plays Patrick Martin. Yes, maybe okay. I got his first name wrong. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, f- Patrick Dooley plays oh, Patrick okay. Martin. Yeah. Right. Cute. Uh, <laughs> Good job. Uh, Martin offers to do the franchise thing. Um, but Seymour is like, wait, this is what Audrey 2 wanted all along. I'm going to kill that fucker. <laughs> um, Shit. And okay. Seymour runs off and Patrick Martin says, like, I was only going to try to be kind to you. Plants are public domain, so I'm going to do it anyway. And he walks off with the cutting. No. okay. Um, <laughs> it's... Seymour gets down there. We have Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. Okay. Virtually 95% of what shows up in the movie now yeah. is what was shot for that. Sure. That's why he's alone. Like, they had to write around Audrey oh. being like, I, yeah, right. I have to do this on my own, Audrey. Like, Stay in the alley where you don't have to enter this shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So that's one of the reasons he's so mad. Okay. And because he's... Because his girlfriend just died horribly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh... <laughs> okay. And this is his, like kamikaze attempt yes like he's like i don't care if i die right right right. yeah Yeah. um whereas (laughs) he probably would care if audrey was alive because he wants to i feel like yeah yeah so yeah uh all the same stuff happens audrey too destroys the shop and then eats seymour out of the rebel right that's the end of seymour movie's not done yet though uh (laughs) the plant uh spits out seymour's glasses laughs victoriously it fades to an american flag uh, where the Greek chorus sing a song about, or uh, do a voiceover about how Audrey 2 became a worldwide consumer craze. The buds grew into a monstrous plant army who right. began to take over the earth. It then cuts to, here I was, I was like, oh yeah, King Kong. It cuts to, like, mammoth, like, dozens of stories high Audrey 2s all over buildings, ripping them <laughs> apart. The National Guard firing on them, trying to take them down. There is a cut bit from Mean Green Mother from Outer Space where Seymour does shoot Audrey 2 point blank like six times. Okay. And it has no effect. He's like, right. bullets don't hurt me. I'm a it's plant. plant. Yeah. <laughs> um, huh. The United States Army attempts to fight the Buds. They ascend the Statue of Liberty and destroy it. Audrey 2 then bursts through the screen and attempts to eat the audience. Amazing. We get Don't Feed the Plants and the credits roll. <laughs> Okay. So it's a wild time. It feels like <laughs> someone put a brick on the gas pedal at that point. That's a different movie. I get cutting that. I mean, I get keeping it, but I also <laughs> fully understand that decision. So Frank Oz, <laughs> Frank Oz and Howard Ashman were like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. This is great. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, but quote from the previews, uh, for every musical number, there was applause. They loved it. It was just fantastic. Sure. This is Frank Oz, by the way. Yeah. Uh, until Rick and Ellen died. And then the theater became a refrigerator. It was like an icebox. It was awful. And the cards were just awful. You have to clear a 55% recommended on okay. the cards. Because sure. they're an example. Uh, they got a 13. Ooh. <laughs> it was a complete disaster. Iced out. Yeah. So okay. they were given the option of reshoot the entire ending or this movie goes in a vault and we yeah. never release it. Uh, <laughs> Which, God, can you imagine unearthing <laughs> that movie, though? Like, we got robbed of that experience yeah, and I'm kind of mad. that would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why, like, Patrick Dooley was not available to return. So, like, um, uh, let's get James Belushi. He's around. He's around. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you know James, right? <laughs> and, like, I know that I personally, watching this ending from when he saves Audrey and goes into the 
outside, I it feels super disconnected from the rest of the movie to me. It feels a lot like they wrote themselves into a corner. Like, yeah. not, you know, not overwhelmingly. Like, oh, it's the end of the musical movie. Like, yeah. it's fine. This could but... just be me having seen it so many times, mm. and I'm like, and now it gets a little off. No, I kind of know what you mean, where you, like, you know... <sighs> Seymour's reactions don't exactly make sense. Like, once he goes back in and fights Adrian yeah. too, and, like, knowing that's from a totally different point in his journey like makes a lot more sense. Like, months later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. God uh, damn it. So the that cut now has been put back together, and if you buy it now on Blu-ray, you can actually watch it. <laughs> Do we have an affiliate link or something? <laughs> we should this <laughs> Someone just sent it to us. That'd be great. Yeah, please just. <laughs> well, I will on. not be giving you my address. We talked about consumerism. Yeah, so wow. that's what they wanted to do. And then they cobbled together this thing. And Frank Oz does go on to say, like, I get it. Yeah, but I wanted yeah. to do my crazy mega screwed up ending. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny too because that ending does feel like such a such a Corman thing to do of like and the monster plants yeah. took over the Empire State Building like that's yeah I that tracks I think that's what happens in his movie too yeah. I am positive that's right <laughs> it's just a postcard of the Statue of Liberty and like a plant cutting is being dragged over it yeah, yeah. <laughs> bless his heart that's dark yeah it's super dark it's wow. like. That is a real, f I've got fuck off money to do whatever I want, but it's one of the reasons why it Frank was. Frank Oz, bitch. Yeah, it, it was uh, WB's most expensive movie to date because sure. they had to spend like $5 million to come back and reshoot that, which was 25% of the budget or something. <laughs> An expensive lesson. So after all of that, the audiences still didn't really like it. Like, it just didn't it. recoup enough money. Oh, I see. Everybody loved it that well, saw it, but... fuck yeah. off. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I hate this, like, oh, did it make enough of it? Yeah. Who cares? I mean, I get why people care, but I don't like that people yeah, have to care. It's stupid. <laughs> ah, so yeah. that's Little Shop of Horrors. What can I say? <laughs> but... We love it. We do it. Every time I put it on, it's one of those classic things of every time I put it on, I'm like... Oh yeah, this old one, and then I get sucked in again. And like yeah. yeah, and then sing this. It's then... always as good or better than I remember, yeah. which I feel like it's hard to pull off, mm -hmm. especially for a musical. Uh, I have a little short injury and destruction roundup. Ooh, um, I didn't think you would. Everything's made of felt on yeah, this fucking movie. Okay, uh, was it the dentistry? Steve Martin. No. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Uh, it has nothing to do with the actual dentistry, okay. but when um, in the feed me song mm -hmm. when. Uh, they're returning to Audrey's apartment and he like kicks open her doors and they go in there and yeah. he slaps her boo. Ooh. The reason he kicks over the door, kicks open the doors is because he punches them open in an earlier take. Like the, not like with a, but like Doesn't throwing his arm the, into yeah. it. But he smashed a pile of glass and cut his hand up real bad. <gasps> oh no, honey. Okay, but well. Good set dressing stuff. It's a shitty neighborhood that he never touched <laughs> the windows. <laughs> just leave it. He's like, okay, I'm just going to kick it from now on. Lesson learned. Okay. Uh, and the only other bit I have has more to do with another movie than this one, but I want to talk about it anyway. Okay. Because uh, the set got marginally destroyed when uh, the movie Aliens was shooting across the wall oh. from them. Uh, another okay. WB movie which had a fraction of the budget of Little Shop of Horrors, if oh, you can believe yeah. it. They're both being shot on Pinewood Studios, lots in England. Okay. England. England. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm a really yokel sometimes. Um, but uh, so this is being recounted by several actors on the Alien set describe an accident where James Remar, who does not appear in the final movie, okay. apparently uh, 
loaded his prop gun with real bullets. Oh no. And shot and blew holes through the walls of Little Shop of Horror set while they thankfully weren't shooting. Oh my god. But it god. ripped up all the walls. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. uh, James Remar, uh, nobody was hurt, thankfully. Okay. No injuries. Uh, James Remar was fired. I was gonna say, and why doesn't James Remar appear in the final movie? And he was replaced with Michael Bean. Oh god, okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank God, Thank I guess, god. On, all, on all counts. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, that's so crazy. Another reason why this movie was very expensive, they had to rebuild the sets. <laughs> <laughs> scary, legitimately scary stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, That could have been a lot different of an injury and destruction random, yeah. so... I would not have included it if it was more dark. Not as a comedy bit, no. no. But wow. speaking of bits, let's do some bits and talk about our little musical survey questions yeah. we have for each other. Oh, that was a trip. I feel genuinely like I just went on a journey with yeah, that. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I'm throwing a lot at you today. Just the plot of this movie, the incredibly dark ending, and then this. Wildly dark <laughs> ending. Yeah, okay. Well, good. Let's <laughs> bring it up again. Okay, musical survey time. <laughs> Let's think about this here production. What is your favorite song? And I know it's hard to pick it, this This is the hardest question of any of these that I had to answer. I know. It's a two-way split kind of for an actual song song. Like, I just like listening to it. Yeah. Skid Row, I love it. Sure. It... Like, the, the prologue sets such an amazing tone for, like, you know what you're getting. But this is such a, like great expansion on that tone such a weird setting all the like really inventive um choreography with uh the townsfolk yeah and like the down and outs are like woven into the song in a very natural way yeah and i mean it's not anything new but the characterization of of uh seymour and audrey in here is just fantastic you learn yes. everything you need to know about them from their voices this scene, that's it. It's very precise right. in that way, yeah. But for, like, actual song storytelling, it's Feed Me. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair, fair, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. For all the reasons I... It's so perfect. It's such the linchpin of the movie. I love yeah. that. Yeah, can't argue with that. How about thee? Mine is Supper Time, quite honestly. Ooh. As like, like Feed Me is, is a strong contender, but Supper Time is such a dramatic song that's still mm. like a good cool musical song and it just takes a it's like this little shock of cold water like mm. you know it's such a departure from the usual boppiness yeah that it's like else... oh my god there are stakes in this <laughs> you know every other song feels very like even when it's serious it's still yeah like you say poppy or peppy or yes whatever. yeah but yeah it is just suddenly very serious it's very serious and like being delivered to you almost without that layer of irony that's on mm. the on the rest of it like oh it's being presented to you these songs like this song is happening in a way that the others aren't and i don't mean mm. like happening like <laughs> it's this is the character's internal struggles and and mm. like things are about to take a turn they can't come back from you know yeah and i think it's such a good representation of that yeah. Yeah. I like I, I I'll be honest, I often forget about supper time. That's um, fair. Yeah. <laughs> but whenever it comes up I'm like, "Oh yeah." Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. So that's mine. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. What song do you think you could pull off? I am pretty confident that if I like worked on the lyrics, I could do "Grow for Me" like right now. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's I I c cannot picture being able to do that one just because of all the like <coughs> The arpeggios and stuff that he, he has to just pluck these notes out of thin air. Okay. I think I, <laughs> the characterization, I like, he's not doing anything fancy other than hitting the notes and doing the lyrics, really. Yeah. Because otherwise, he's just being a dweeb. 
Yeah, and he's being a little sack. Me. <laughs> like, I sing to the non-sentient things in our house all the time. That is true. So. Actually, all of us have done this at some point in the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I would be, yeah, ready to do that. And uh, second answer would be I could do the uh, homeless people parts in Skid Row. Right. You. Yes. By some way. And ye. I honestly, I I think I could do Mean Green Mother, mm. partly because I I you, it's almost more of a spoken word thing. There yeah. are some there are some notes you got to hit and some like licks you got to do. But first of all, they're in my range. All <laughs> of the other songs really put me in that weird strained range mm. where I don't sound good. So I think if I practiced it enough, I could pull off Mean Green Mother like convincingly. Nice, I could do it. I'll be your, I'll be your little like pod backup yeah. singer mean uh, green bad that's right and i don't have to be on camera it would just be my voice so go. i don't have to do the dancing uh, part of it yeah. or like the choreography really part of it farming it out yeah. <laughs> i will literally phone in this performance <laughs> yeah uh, what about your favorite outfit i love seymour's little poor orphan costume <laughs> I, his tiny sweater vest it's so it's doing cute little storytelling stuff like that yeah. but it is just like even if he's not a poor little orphan, you're like, oh, this guy does not have his life together. No. <laughs> he does not he... understand style, how things are supposed to fit. And no. not even, like, it's not even that he doesn't have style, or it's, it's not just that. It's just he sees no point to dressing mm. well, because why? Like, what? Yeah. Who's that for? And clearly not him. Yeah. So he, it gives you that sense that he doesn't think he's worth much. And I also just love Rick Marinus is so tiny. That is clearly a child's sweater vest. <laughs> Like, it might be from a doll. One of those American Girl dolls. I don't know. Yeah. Rick Moranis, the original American Girl. <laughs> oh, and I'm also going to throw out the, my favorite iteration of Audrey, too, if you can think of what this one is. Because there's, oh, like, sure. various sizes of, of yeah, yeah, plant. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's the Feed Me one, I just want to say. Yeah, yeah. So, I feel yeah. like it's the most, like, when you see the reveal of Final Form Audrey 2, it is... Whoa, like it's very impressive and yeah. it suddenly takes up all the you're like, this is a threat now. Yeah. This is but yeah, feed me is on that that He's your little border buddy. of like, I'm just a guy. <laughs> He's a weird little guy. We're some weird little guy in this episode. Yeah. I like that. I think my my favorite is I really like the chorus's dress in Skid Row. They've got those cute like yes. the the nice pearl necklaces and like the and it's just such a funny image them contrasted to like everyone who lives on Skid Row. It's like yeah. very pointed. Mm -hmm. um, but their outfits in some fun now That's what are I'm super say. cool. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like the red like uh, Would that sequins, be like flappery style, kind almost? of. Yeah. yeah, and they've got the gloves and like the cool. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. they are always dressed well. They are. That's what I feel like if I were. Very honest, it would, about the favorite outfit, it would probably be one of theirs, but that's like, I can't get, just Rick Moranis' tiny little boy is just so great. It's so, the perfect, yeah, yeah, you would just have to do that in a stage adaptation and you're good. <laughs> you're golden. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, the all-important one. The biggest one. Let's recast this bitch. Yeah. Here we go. This was a terrifying one. This is hard. I really thought Blues Brothers would be the hardest one because it is so built into, like, it's those two. That, that's the point of the characters. That's kind of what I thought, too, but yeah. I didn't have that no. much trouble with it, to be honest. I yeah, just went with I my know. gut. This one's hard because I feel like all the types of performances aren't really in... Both First right of all, now? yes, I don't know who's a good singer. Yeah. And, uh, no, and, like... 
yeah, it's just so specific to like being able to deliver the performance and the type, like the the look yeah. and the chemistry. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, a hard one to put together. So, would you like to go first? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'll run down our our group here, and okay. I kind of I came up with two casts, kind of. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, it was so hard. I couldn't even put together three different. <laughs> but I couldn't. I couldn't like zone in on one. Yeah. Okay. But uh, for Seymour and Audrey, same for each of these. Okay. The, the, these ones are are set. I was gonna go with Paul Dano for Seymour because oh. he has such pathetic loser energy, and you know oh. it's a good movie when he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> All the good movies with Paul Dano, he gets this his ass handed. Absolutely to him. beaten. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know if he'd have honestly the charisma to make you like him. <laughs> I'm not. A hundred percent sure that Seymour is supposed to. I, I get but that Rick he's Morales just like, has that. Though. He does. He yeah. does have that. No, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So instead, my Seymour and Audrey pair are going to be Seymour is Sam Richardson, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Audrey is. Uh, and I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. I'm sorry, Milana Vantrub. Va- oh yes, this is our werewolves with yeah, this pair. I love that. Honestly, I just love their chemistry in that, and I feel oh, like it would so transfer good. well here. Yes. The only unknown is I don't know. Sam Richardson can. He I've heard him sort of sing, sing in I Think You Should Leave. Right, that yeah. Counts. Uh, and Melana Van, Van Trapp, I don't know if she can sing well. I think probably most performers yeah, can. Yeah, probably. Fine, But yeah. the big question is, can she do some kind of voice? Some bananas <laughs> fucking accent. Yes, that's yeah. totally fair. Oh, I like that a lot. Sam Richardson is a, like, you, he's not cool. No. But he... He's still lovable. He, you can't not love him. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's trying nice. his best. He's and an he earnest can, little fella. He can sort of pull off this, like, I'm in over my head, yeah. like, inability. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. I think he would be great okay. doing it. Um, Audrey, too, I had some trouble with, because this really feels like a... we. I know that they didn't... Actually, I don't know who did the original uh, on-play version of, mm. of Audrey 2, but it, it does feel like this was written for Levi Stubbs. It feels like it. Very much yes. like. So yeah. it's hard to step into that. But I'm going to go with either. I've got two choices. Okay. Either go with Shamik Moore uh, uh, sure. or Baron Vaughn. Um, <gasps> Baron Vaughn would fucking destroy this role. I yes! just don't know if he could. I don't know if he would have oh, the, God like, damn. sassiness. No, he would. <laughs> he would. would. He would. Yeah. Uh, Baron Vaughn is a very funny comedian who has an amazing voice and uh, an outstanding fucking singer. And yeah. he has a lot of um, <laughs> experience voicing puppets that he's not puppeteering. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's in the new Mystery Science Theater. Oh, now I'm so mad we don't have this. Ugh. Okay, yeah. Um, for the dentist, I'm going again. Two choices for you. Okay. Uh, because they're both unhinged. Danny McBride or Eric Andre. <laughs> Those are unhinged. Thank you. <laughs> Oh my god. Again, I don't know if either of them can sing. I also don't know that the dentist needs to be a good singer. I don't know that Steve Martin is a very good singer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) He can carry a tune and speak in rhythm. Yes, exactly. Most of his is spoken word. Nice. Oh my god. I think I'm leaning more toward Eric Andre just because I want to see what would happen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It feels like that would be the equivalent of like, wait, Eric Andre's in this? You know? (laughs) Actually, yes. You catch him like, Jesus Christ. What the shit is happening? We're 30 minutes into this movie and... (laughs) I can't take any more of this. (laughs) <laughs> That's great. Oh, my God. On a motorcycle, he takes off his helmet, and it's yeah. the big afro. <laughs> nice. 
Um, oh, that's great. Okay, who else? For, for Mushnick, I'm getting Nathan Lane, because I think he'd be <laughs> a great pushy little guy. And I think it'd be very yeah. funny to give him the only non-singing role. Yes, absolutely the best voice of it, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I went super double mega bonus round with a Greek chorus. I've got two Greek Ooh. choruses for oh, you. Oh, shit, I didn't do that. Okay, This right. was the hardest part, and I was like, I don't yeah. know. All I was picturing is 90s Destiny's Child. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But I'll also give a more timely one uh, with Taraja, Taraja P. Hansen. Uh, Janelle Monet and just for a little bit of Destiny's Child, Michelle Williams in there too. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> keeping it, keeping it with its roots. I like yeah. that. Roots, oh. plants. <gasps> it's all coming together. <laughs> so that's way too much work that I put into this. That's impressive. Oh, now I wish I'd gone first because mine are not as good as yours. So sorry. Okie dokie. <laughs> here we go. The only one that I'm like really truly proud of is my Seymour. I think um, Asa Butterfield would be really good. You know him. He's the um, the main kid in Sex Education. Oh yes, he would be really good. Yes. Oh, yeah, he'd be fantastic. Yeah, he's yeah. just like, you can't not love him, but he's, like, kind of a helpless Shit. loser, you know? Yeah. <laughs> With, like, a little, like, you know, selfish streak that mm. you could make work for him. Yes. Yes, I could be easily believe, like, being sympathetic towards him, but also being like, you're being bad. Stop it. Yeah. No. Hey. Stop dismembering that body. Go back to that basement. <laughs> exactly. A little spritz, <laughs> like, gun might do the trick for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Audrey, I this is hard. I, again, I the chemistry between like the Seymour and the Audrey mm. are so important. But like Stephanie Beatrice, I think would be really good because oh, she yeah. can do the very, like she can be very physically imposing. Like she, I think she might be taller than Asa Butterfield. I yes. don't know. You need. I feel like you need that really. Like she's almost overwhelming to him. <laughs> yep. You know, uh, and she can sing. And, she can, and she can do the very funny like goofy voice. Yes, she can. Oh, I know yeah. that's her normal voice, but she can like play it up. Yeah. You know. So I think that'd be good. Yes, I agree. Oh, man, that hadn't occurred to me. That's a yeah. great one. <laughs> Mushnick was really hard. I feel like the, the guy that I landed on was Mad Dong Sook. I don't know if you remember him from um, Train to Busan. He's the big, like, bruiser guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's, like, <laughs> lovable. But I feel like he could pull off being a shithead, too, because he's just, like, a grumpy old guy I type. could easily see that. Yeah. Very easily. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, Scrivello, I do want to actually see this. I think Robert Pattinson should do it. <laughs> Because he can just be a <laughs> fucking lunatic He's on just screen. Going just up to like, the director like, let me whip my dick out. Come on, put my penis on camera. No one will do it. Exactly. And it like wouldn't be out of line for the, the character to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think he should do that. And Audrey, too, I just could not. The only thing, I could not get this out of my head. I think Nicolas Cage should do it. <laughs> and like, I don't think he can sing that well. I don't know. I don't honestly know. But I feel like he could bring that just like lunatic voice. The laugh. I'm thinking of yes, the laugh. Yeah, just this like wild mood swings, like plant that just is staring you in the fucking face energy. God, I that is an upsetting I'm cast. So you sorry, I know. <laughs> every name I added was like, this is more and more cursed, this lineup. Um, and I'm going to top it off. I just thought of this now, and I think it would be great to add to this cast specifically. I would like the chorus to be uh, the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> I want just singing about Nightman. Dennis and Dee and Charlie and Mac. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, they can sing, so uh, yeah, there you true. go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There you go. There's my extremely oh my evil God. universe that's casting. That's really upsetting me for some reason. <laughs> Chew on that. Oh, this was a hard one. Oh, <laughs> uh, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts I'm sorry. My, yeah, I know. <laughs> like it should. My circulation is worse now. <laughs> Don't get why. I took five of your health points <laughs> by telling you this lineup. 
Oh, man. There you go. And there's a wonderful musical survey for us. <sighs> yep. Uh, well, let's no. uh, talk about our big takeaway from this movie. This is, yes. like, one of my favorites of all time. It's great. Probably my favorite musical, but mm. please tell me what you think. I mean, the takeaways really are that it's it's just couched this, like anti-consumerist or like not even anti-consumerist it doesn't take a moral stance but it's just like here's like it, does. it it gives you this like here's what you look like when you just buy and buy and buy when oh, you yeah. think like all your problems will be solved by having more money and buying more things and it but it gives it that like what else are you supposed to do when your life is shit you know it's got mm. this very like class message to it but it's just a fucking fun little musical about a plant like you could easily read it either way Mm -hmm. and that's really hard to do like to give this just like pulpy like campy kind of thing but you could also read it as this very like anti-consumerist screed of like especially with this actual ending of like it will literally rip the earth apart yeah do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> you know? So I think it, I love it for it's it's got the skill to handle both. And mm. one doesn't stomp on the other, you know? You could read them separately or together. Like, I, I love that very much. And all the yeah. tools at hand work perfectly to, to deliver, like, this sort of double-edged uh, movie. Yeah. I like it a lot. I like... I like I somehow until we started talking about it, I had forgotten about how anti-consumerist it is, yeah. which is like, oh, that's the whole fucking point of the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like this, you know, plant promising him money and fame and fortune is is by definition evil because yeah. he has to feed people into it to make into it the go. machine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, Audrey, who's the economy? Oh no, <laughs> the economy's a giant spider. The economy is a giant plant. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it will eat you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, kind of in that same vein, I just like that this is a big Faustian bargain thing. Yeah. That it's just... Deal with the devil movies are always interesting to me, generally speaking, even if they're boring. They can be fun. Yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah, I just like that setup. The morality tale of it is real real nifty to me. The The best ones, I feel like, are the ones where it's not just, oh, this and The dude was punished in the end. It's it, the way in which they're punished is yeah. very, like... Well, he did get everything he asked for, and that's the punishment. It's got this very circular, like, trapped logic to it. Yeah. Um, if they're good. Well, yeah, and trapped logic to it. Literally trapped like it. This is just, it feels like a bottle episode. There's only it one location. It totally feels like that, yes. And the stage element to yeah. it, where it's clearly, like, on a set. Yeah. I guess you get to the dentist's office, but, yeah. True. That barely feels like it's tethered to the same movie sometimes. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sweet. Well, let's uh, keep all that in mind and okay. double bill these little guys. Okay. Uh, would you like to take us away and go first? I will go first. Um, you're getting the accent. It's coming out. <laughs> you're becoming Audrey. I'm going to uh, actually double bill this with a movie that we have already done <gasps> on the podcast. <gasps> Gasp. I'm going to pair it with Deep Cover from 1992. Oh. This is a Bill Duke movie. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Here's why. Just in presentation this is like a rags to riches story but it's got this like they're punctuated with this sort of greek chorus style interludes we've got the literal greek singing chorus in little shop of horrors Mm. and in deep cover there are lines of poetry spoken in between kind of each phase Mm -hmm. of of uh steven's like rise to the top yeah for for illegitimate reasons (laughs) you know what i mean um, just get like he comes from nothing, and he, the only way to kind of lift himself out of this shit life that he's got is to play within the system. But the system 
sucks ass. Like that's As kind of the message. Learn, yes. yes, exactly. Like, oh, it's actually not good to do. Like, that's no more fulfilling than just staying in poverty. Mm-hmm. And it's got this like they both kind of have this dark humor of like, you know, Stephen's dad gets shot on Christmas, like yeah. shopping for presents, and, and like it's, well, it's a very a bit with dark. Story. Well, yes, but you know. <laughs> Like, as a Christmas present for his son. Like, there's right. no way that was ever going to be a good idea. It's in, and, you know, um, oh, what the fuck is his name? Who else is in that movie? There's Larry Jeff Fishburne. Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum is um, the unnameable Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> is just a Jeff Goldblum type in this movie. And it's a very funny pairing to, like, the mm. chemistry between the two leads is the crucial thing. And yeah. it shouldn't work, but it totally oh works. God, like, you 100% work? believe it, right? Yeah. So it's that. And it ends, they both end on this, like, quote-unquote happy ending where, yes, the guy escapes the system and, like, does it his way. But it's it'll never not be dogging him. Like, yeah. Stevens keeps the... He busts up this drug ring after becoming, like, a drug addict that is, his father warned him never to, to you know, get yep. into that lifestyle. And he's like, no, I'm going to do... And he finally, like, he, you know, goes to the... I can't remember where he's going. Like, the Senate. Senate, Senate, and, Senate hearings on Yeah, on the and war testifies. Drugs, yeah. yeah. And, like, yay, he does it. But then he's literally, like, he still has the money. And so his he'll never be like free of that. Yeah. And in the end of Little Shop of Horrors, they still have a little, little Audrey, Audrey. Two plantling. <laughs> he'll never, because that's where the money came from to buy that house. Mm-hmm. He'll never be a hundred percent clear of it, <laughs> conscience-wise. So, nice. Yeah, that's what I'm pairing with. It. Oh, I like that a lot. And the music is like crucial for both. The soundtrack for for a deep cover is super cool. Rules. Dr. Yeah. Dre did the like theme song. Yep. Both really killer theme songs. So <laughs> that's mine. Oh, we were recently talking about having theme songs for your movie. So yes, there's we another were, one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nice. What about you? Uh, well, for me, I'm going with very hard onto the Faustian bargain horror one location. This sucks thing. Okay. Oh, then you look like you want to guess what it is. No, I don't want to guess. I want you to say it. Okay. Just well, in case I'm wrong. I am going with Robert Eggers' 2015 The Witch. Oh, not what I thought you were oh. going to say. Awesome. What were you oh, going to say? Oh, extremely literal deal with the devil. Yeah. I was going to say Phantom of the Paradise. That's, I was, but I was like, <laughs> But no. it's a musical, it's a so music- like, it feels like cheating. But I was, I was like, these are on the same level. I wanted to go for something yeah. like real no, art handsy. Nice. It's not real art housey, but it's relatively art. It's more restrained, for sure. Yeah. Yes. More art house sensibility, I guess you'd say. Fair. Uh, anyway, I'm going to talk about the movie not instead campy. of that. Yes. It's not campy, but it, it has very much the like, oh, you're trapped here. You are like a marginalized people. Like, take just the poor as a marginalized people compared to a woman in Puritan times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Good fucking luck. You're trapped here. The only way out is to just burn up everybody around you. Uh, and then, like, at what cost, very much... Uh, you got what you wanted in the end. Yeah, yeah. I feel like The Witch and Edgar's movies in general don't have a, like... And this was the message I was making. Much more of a, like, I'm playing in these areas. Yeah, these here's an example areas. of a story. Yeah. yeah. And, like, take from this what you will. And the thing that I take from it is very much the, like, oh, this is in a place where you have no choice. This is really the only choice. Yeah. Like, that's... Fair. Yeah. But uh, very different endings. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's why I'm calling uh, the this double bill. I'm naming it one for you, one for me. That's Satan saying that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that's really good, actually. <laughs> nice. And oh, also, wait, I forgot my, my oh, I want to call my, I, 
my double bill is going to be called Mean Green Mothers. <laughs> because of money is green? Yes. Yes, like sure. Sweet. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, I was just going to say, and uh, compare Little Shop of Horrors, everybody talks weird, everybody talks weird. <laughs> the bitch. Yeah. So. Speaking of indecipherable fucking <laughs> accents. Oh my god. I respect Robert Eggers' commitment to the realism of the speech, yeah. and I don't understand any of it. And I, both of those things can coexist. Uh, they sure can. But it, the thing of, like, Seymour's raising Audrey to, the family's raising Blackfelt, there's like, mm-hmm. something about nurturing this in your own it's very, home. very, like, dark center yeah. of the home. Yeah. Well, it yeah, it, you know, if you look at it from that angle, like... The house that Audrey and Seymour buy is, like, with this blood money, essentially. <laughs> like, the, the core of American <laughs> capitalism is, like, keep the victims out of sight. Yeah, very that's, much. That's what keeps the capitalism going and the yeah. consumerism going, is, like, don't think about, don't ever think about what had to be done to produce this. <laughs> and, like, how this is clearly not sustainable. Yeah. And it's very much the same with, like, this hyper-religious community mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere is just, like... Don't ever think about how this could be different, ever, because then the system will fall apart. Yes. Yeah. It'll, nice. It will kick you out, and then you'll be in a worse place somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Nice. Now we gotta, I gotta find out if it's pronounced vitch or witch, because I definitely can't just say witch. I f- want to pronounce it the vitch. I will time. always call it the vitch. Okay. Yeah. Just to distinguish. Yep. Nice. Distinguish. Oh. <laughs> And on that note... I'm going to pull out these chords. (laughs) On that note, yes. Note, because it's music. We're going to wrap up here. Uh, Please rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Find us at GartbidgePod on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Uh, Find Aaron. Insert Aaron here. Oh, uh, at... (laughs) What a peculiar way to phrase that. I'm at Mecklebase on Twitter M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. Tell me uh, if Nicolas Cage can sing. Okay. Yeah, that would be good to know. I feel like we would know by now. Maybe. Uh, We're having a Nicolas Nassance. Cage and Nassance. So, you know. We're having a cage match. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He'd like that. Uh, And I'm at Dick R. Navis. Hurrah. Yay. Yay. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join us another time for another pile of garbage. help noticing that strange and interesting plant. What is it? It's an archery, too. I've never seen anything like it before. No one has. Where did you get it? Well, you remember that total eclipse of the sun about a week ago? Yadu!